Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Fan. Welcome, everyone, to the Cleveland Sports Fan. I'm your host, Scott Davis. Up next to me is Mr. Oshimaida. Yo, yo, yo. Down below is Burley Gunner. How's it going, everybody? Hope day. We are here today to give you Cleveland sports like nobody else can. Winter's over, finally. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing fabulous. I'm doing fabulous other than the fact... Um, Actually, you know what? I'm lying. I'm absolutely lying. That was just an initial reaction. I'm not doing fabulous. I'm actually doing the opposite of fabulous. And we'll, we'll, we can explain later on in the show. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That sounds very oh, ominous. Boy. How about you, Bob? I'm uh, just, you know, winter's over. It's, it's in the 60s, 70s, 80s coming next week. That's what makes me happy. Mm-mm-mm. Still 82 here. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I had good golf weather today. <laughs> uh, how beautiful, you beautiful golf weather. Um, it was all for not though. Wasted two hours on the course just to tie with Jake, my brother. Well, that's an accomplishment for you. Uh, wow. Okay, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to the news brought to you by Burley Gunner. All right, everybody. So, obviously, we know the NFL schedule is out. Some key games um, for the Cleveland Browns. They're going to open up the first home game, will be a preseason game. I felt this is needed to talk about. It will be a home game against the New York Giants, uh, homecoming, well, opposite of a homecoming for Odell Beckham. New York coming to Cleveland preseason game. Um, the, the other two games will be on the road in the preseason. The Browns will open up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Boys, how are we feeling about that? Mm, get the tough game out of the way in the beginning. I I'm, love saving it. My, I'm saving my take about that for my segment. But mm. I, I, the, I do, I'm not, the preseason doesn't interest me. I don't care who they play or where they play. No one's, no one's going to play. I think it's interesting that there's only three preseason games this year. Taki Taki might be fighting for his job this year, so it might be a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Switching over, we'll go to baseball now. The Indians, after a two-game sweep of the Chicago Cubs, they now travel west for a seven-game west uh, coast trip with the Mariners and the Angels. Zach Plesak on the hill tonight. He will start it out against Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert's actually making his debut in the MLB tonight for the Mariners. Oh, no. That means another no-hitter against the Indians. Mm. Guy's making his major league debut. They're getting no hit. 
Hmm. Although the, the Cubs series, man, I know it was two games and they were really, really low scoring, kind of not kind of boring games. But man, the Cubs, can they put a run on the board with people in scoring position in less than two outs? Well, it, it's kind of amazing how the Cubs went from the first three weeks of the season looking like they were going to be tough as all get out. And and now they're fluffy. I, I don't get it. Don't know what to say about that, but hey, that's really all. I'm not gonna. I'm not bringing my Browns schedule take in until until my segment. All right. Thanks for listening to the news. I'm Burley oh. Gunner. Back to you, Scott. Thank you very much. The Gunner. The gunner. From another mother. So, everyone, we're going to squeeze right into block A here. I have a question for both of you. How do you guys feel about the umping in Major League Baseball this year? <laughs> okay, well, the umpiring in baseball is always, again, if I know their names, they stink. That's the end of the day. If I know an umpire or referee's name, they probably stink. Angel Hernandez is the worst human referee of any sport that has ever been allowed to be in a sport. Joe West? Okay, I said worse. Okay, there's, 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 okay, there's one A, there's one B, there's one C. I'm sure there's one D, E, F, and G. However, I think umpiring as as a norm is not as bad as everybody thinks it is. I really don't. Maybe they, the, the if you're going to expand replay. You know, the more you expand replay, the more the umpires become irrelevant. I understand that. But the human element has to stay in baseball. It has to. What do you think, Grant? Well, I think it goes much further than just the major league. I know you said the major league. That's the question. That's the topic. But how about the, the, the National Football League? How about the NBA? I mean, honestly, the only officiating uh, the, out of the main sports, the only problem that I don't have would be the NHL. That's the only one. And it goes back year after year after year. It started, in my opinion, with, with the NFL. The, the NBA is just as bad. And the MLB has always been credited, credible and, until recently. And I don't understand what's going on. These umpires think that they just – the umpires act like they are preschool teachers and that they run their class. And that's not their job. Their job is to make calls, not to be – their job is to be a judge, not to be a dictator, and not to control the entire game. And that's what I think they're doing. Okay. I think that that is a brilliant take on it. Now, with you saying that, I'm going to bring up a sport that I know none of you are going to really care about, and that's tennis. Achoo! Gotta love that tennis. Ow. This this year at the Australian Ow. Open, we had tennis with no linesmen. Were there lines women? There were no lines women either. Was there? I know where he's going with this. I, know. I already know where he's going. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere with it. <laughs> I was going to, but it was all done by Hawkeye. Computers, cameras, the whole shebang. As I was watching this, I actually wrote an article discussing how I hated the fact that linesmen were losing their jobs. Then I watched Angel Hernandez with the Cleveland Indians. And I sat back and I went... I think Hawkeye might be very viable for Major League Baseball. I think it's harder to use with football. 
not quite as hard to use with soccer. But I think balls and strikes can be counted by a computer better than people. I don't. May I? May I? Are, is that the end of your take? May I rebut it for like 30 seconds? Sure. You, you can rebut it. Okay. See, tennis is one thing. When you're talking about, okay, I could possibly see it in baseball because it's not a time sport. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it in football. I'm not going to see it in basketball. You know, I'm not wanting to watch a football game. The last thing I want to see is C-3PO walk out on the field and go, hello, I'm C-3PO, human cyborg relations. I have a personal file on the Cleveland Browns, 15 yards, first down, and then he walks back off the field. I don't need to see that. Okay. I, I, I don't think they'll ever take the human elements away from the home plate umpire, but I could see, I, I could see like they do in tennis with the lines. If it hits the line or doesn't hit the line, if it's a home run, it's not a home run. It can be all computer generated. I could see that happening in the next 10 years. I never will see the human element behind the plate ever go away. Oh, it will. It will go That's away. My opinion. You're, you're putting a person, a man, behind another man whose head is right in the way of the strike zone. You're never going to have a human be able to call balls and strikes as good as a computer will. But that's, the fun. but that's the fun of playing the game. Well, hey, tennis has already taken the fun out of playing the game. So why, why not? Do I know, it with but other okay, sports? okay, okay. When I played baseball in high school and in college, I would watch the pitcher ahead of time. Lefty, righty, didn't matter. And I would watch, see what he threw. And then I would talk to the home plate umpire before the game and say, hey, you know what? Where are you thinking? You know, he's got a good curveball. Where are you thinking your zone is? You know, what? What do you like to call? Even coaches do that. I mean, you can keep the human element in the game without extracting the home plate umpire. Why, why hasn't it ever been a thought? I mean, why hasn't it ever been a thought to have the umpire, instead of being home plate umpire, have him be on the pitcher's mound? Is that is that not a thought for safety precautions? Safe. Oh, yeah, it's not safe at all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, how about this? The Houston Astros has have proven to us that they can use video cameras in the outfield to see catcher signs. So, 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 no, no, no. So, seriously. So, why the hell could they not call balls and strikes from the outfield? It's 2021. We have the technology, the cameras to do it. it it's, as I was saying, it's gonna happen. I know that Bob is a purist and, and all that. That's fine. Be a purist. I'm not gonna argue are. that I'm not. Instant replay was brought in. I hated it. Every let, let purist sits back and says that was never gonna happen. But guess what? It happened. Okay, but see, but see, the but fact see. is, is that an umpire makes fifty thousand dollars a year. Let, if let, you could knock it down to one umpire per game. You're going to save millions of dollars. What do business owners like to do? Well, they like to save money. Okay, yes. but see, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue your point because I don't the saving money part for Major League Baseball. Please don't. That's Major League Baseball doesn't need any money. They don't need to save any money. The teams may, but they don't. And I know it costs the teams. But you can look at, again, you go to football and, oh, we can't do this in football because it's too fast paced and da 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 da. A damn, a, a damn referee could have cost the Browns from the AFC Championship game last year because he missed a head to head hit. Next thing I know, it's Kansas City's ball in a 20. I'm absolutely I mean, for human error in everything. Listen, listen, I'm absolutely for. If something works better, then change it. I'm not saying we have to keep 
the home plate umpire forever. If they can figure something out that works, but here's something else that we're not talking about. Anything that they come up with will obviously be implemented into the minor leagues before it is the major leagues, correct? It would have to. And so then I'm fine. So then I'm fine with it because if they can change it to make it better, if I'm I am not a rigid person, if you can change things to make it better, I don't know how you can argue. Okay, well then you almost have to implement it in high school. Because most high most No, you don't. No, you don't. Half the guys that get drafted in the first round of the draft don't go to college. They come straight from high school. No, you don't. You absolutely don't need to implement it in high school. Rules change. Regulations change as you get to the pros. The game is still the same. But when you get to the pros, it's more efficient. It's a more efficient product than high school would be. You don't have to put it in high school sports. Oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. You wouldn't even have to put it in college sports. But you'd have to put it in the minors first. I think think in the end, everyone wants – a game that is equal and fair and taking the human error out even though you're upset with it bob i would rather not see my pitcher pitching 120 pitches because Look, an umpire can't see a strike my final take on this is it's not the fact that i want to see um I, yes you're right I see the game of baseball slipping away from what I really loved it as. And I'm sorry if that is like, oh, you're just thinking in the past. You're just thinking in the past. I get technology. I understand. But it doesn't take away from the fact that, man, if I watch an Indians game, okay. If I watch the Cleveland baseball team next year and there's no umpire behind the plate, it's, it's going to be weird. On that note, everyone, we're going to take a little break here and come back in a second for round two. It's time to move on. All right. We are back on the Cleveland Sports Fan. Segment number two, we welcome back Scott Davis host, Burley Goner. Looks like he's in front of the stadium, although I'm not sure he might be actually. All right, so I want to go back to December. And and we all remember the game that the Browns had to beat Pittsburgh at home against their junior varsity squad just to get into the playoffs. And it basically took a missed two-point conversion from Pittsburgh for the Browns to even make the playoffs. And then they go to next week. And I'm going some I'm going somewhere with this. We go to next week. And every Cleveland, and I'm quoting Rich Eisen from NFL Network on this. I he had a segment and it said it, it seemed like in a three and a half hour span, every demon that was cast on the Browns over the last 20 years, kicked in the nuts over and over and over again, came into that one game and everything went right. Like the football God said, you know what, Cleveland, we're going to give you a day. And I've been looking at the schedule before it was released And I think the football gods have shined on the Browns once again. Outside of the Chiefs opening day, which my prediction is the Browns will win that game. Because I think it's a lot easier to build a newer defense than it is to build a newer offensive line. And Kansas City is going to have four out of five starters that are going to be brand new. Maybe five. Then we get the Texans. And then we get the Bears. And then we get the Vikings. And and, and I kept waiting to see 
all these Monday night games and Thursday and Sunday. And I understand that we play, I believe it's one Monday night, a Sunday night, a Thursday night, and Christmas. That's for it's prime time. Christmas isn't prime time, but it's a standalone game. I think this works out perfect for the Browns. I don't want the Browns to be hyped like they were going into 2019. I don't want the Browns to feel themselves. I want the Browns to go through the season and play a normal schedule. I love how many one o'clock games they have. I didn't expect it. I thought the NFL was going to use the Browns as a catapult to primetime game after primetime game after primetime game. And they're not doing it. And I'm I, the NFL gave the Browns a gift with their schedule. I, I agree with you. I agree with you about the gift being week one in Kansas City. But I think you've got it all wrong. I think you've got it exactly opposite, actually. The Browns didn't need to, to play Kansas City week one so they could win. They are playing Kansas City week one to set the bar high because that's exactly what they need. And I'm not going to get into details about what I think or want to happen have happened in that game, but the fact of the matter is, how can you say that a Super Bowl favorite, Patrick Mahomes, former Super Bowl champion, former NFL League MVP with coach Andy Reid, favorites in the Super Bowl, get embarrassed. Get embarrassed. And now you want to come on this show and talk about the Browns are going to beat the Chiefs? Oh, I think you've got it all wrong. I think you've got it all wrong. Not to mention, I don't know if you want the Browns to beat the Chiefs. I think it's a. I don't think that this is an NFL blessing, guys. This schedule is one of the toughest schedules for any team this year. Not to mention the fact that we have the Ravens back to back. I've never seen a schedule with a team back to back. This is going to be a tough season. And putting Kansas City first, while while I sit back and go, yeah, let's get rid of let's get rid of the hard game first. The fact is the fact. Andy Reid is incredible at the beginning of the season. Scott, I, I seriously think that the Kansas City game is going to be a loss. I okay. I agree with you, Scott. I think they're going to lose too. But I could argue. That as a Browns fan, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You got to look at what you got in front of you. You want to, you told, if you tell me the Browns are going to lose 24 to 21 in the opening week against the Kansas City Chiefs, I say that's a win. I say that is a win. That is so much fuel. That is not a, that's not a, that's not a hose putting out a fire. A hose putting out a fire is the Browns getting rolled 42 to three. That is, that is putting a hose on a fire. But if the Browns can compete with the Kansas City Chiefs and, and almost come close, that just sets the season on fire in a good way. Okay, but wait wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not making a barometer test on week one. Okay, if the Browns lose 24 to 21, you know – that may seem great, but I'll tell you who doesn't see that as great. And that's Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield and the rest of them guys. This is not, see, you, oh, we lost week one. Oh, we lost to the Steelers by three. We lost to the Ravens by four. That's not the mentality anymore. Your goal is to go 17 and 0 if you're the Cleveland Browns. And that's period, plain and simple. So I play him in week one, I play him in week eight, I play him in week 14. I don't care. Although I, I do want to say one thing before you guys go on to the next topic or if you're done. But Ryan made a point. Did the NFL really put Penn Roethlisberger in front of a firing squad the last four weeks of his career? 
Yeah. <laughs> they really did. They, he, he might. That's a gauntlet. He, that's a gauntlet. They play. It's. I believe it's Tennessee. Um. No, it's Kansas City, Tennessee, Cleveland. No, no, no. 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 It's Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Baltimore. Yeah. A gauntlet. <laughs> and the, and they're gonna need all. They're gonna need most of the, of those football games to be W's. Dude, the last thing I need to see is Ben Roethlisberger carted off the field for his last game. That's an embarrassment. I mean, I, the schedule is what it is. But when I you said that and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, my God. They're playing – and they play Buffalo week one, so he may not get past that. I just – I adore the Browns' schedule of who they play, where they play, when they play. There's not a whole ton – yeah, the Baltimore by Baltimore thing, that's kind of weird. I, I, I'm sure it's happened before. But well, last man, year it was last year it was New York by New York. Last year it was New York by New York. Yeah, but it was Jets and Giants. I in my opinion, it's almost the same thing. You're going to the same place. Oh, yeah, and you're playing basically the same team. It's time to move on. Welcome back, everybody. This is the first ever recorded edition of Burley's Beats, a segment that I absolutely love and pride myself on as a betting man. I absolutely love it. Credits, obviously. Credits, of course, until until the government, uh, the governor removes that uh, ban on on sports betting. Credits only, of course. But the the segment is pretty much my favorite. Over under point spreads, point differentials, and of course, for this segment, we're gonna go with NFL win totals. Let's start the win totals off with the Cleveland Browns. They're getting ten boys. Are we going over or under? Now, keep in mind, you need nine to lose, eleven to win. A 10 would be a push. And in the betting world, a push means, if you're not familiar, a push is a draw, essentially. You don't lose credits. You don't win credits. Does that make sense? So if the win total is 10, boys, we need 11 for the win, but 9 for the loss. Browns 10, over under. And actually, my mistake, the Browns, I believe they opened at 10, but they are now 10 and a half. So there will be no push scenario. They have to either hit 11 for a win or 10 for a loss. I'm going over. I got them winning 13. So <laughs> I've got them winning 11. So I, I, I definitely have to go over. I, I would also agree. I would, I would absolutely agree um, with the over it, on that because the, I think it's at least 11. Is the money good on that uh, bet right now? So if you were to take the over, the odds are actually favoring the under. If you took the over, you're getting plus 110. So if you were to take the under at 10 and a half, and I think the reason that is is because there's no push scenario. So keep in mind there's no push scenario, so that's why that's like that. And you got the Browns at minus 130 if you take the under. So 10 – or less, you would hit that bet if you were to place the under. Again, if the Browns go ten and seven, that's that's they're looking for a new quarterback. So, I, I have them winning thirteen. So I'm way over. We'll keep it in the AFC North, okay? With the Baltimore Ravens also getting ten and a half, boys. Baltimore over under ten and a half. I'm going under. I'm going to go, what did you say it was, 10 and a half? 10 and a half. 11 wins it, 10 I'm loses gonna go, it. I'm going to go over just because I think they'll win 11. I, I think they're still I, – I, I don't see a whole lot of teams in the AFC competing. Um, I think that they will be at 11, so I'll go over. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to bank on the um, – health of Lamar Jackson. He's not going to play all 17 games. 
And I, I think I predicted a downfall for Baltimore last year. We kind of got it until the last five games when they rattled off like five in a row. But I would expect the uh, I would expect the downfall for for Baltimore this year. I would take the under on that one. Okay, Ryan. But okay, I I was considering Lamar Jackson playing all seventeen games. I don't think he will. Well, if I was at the but window, if I was at the window placing, if I was at the window placing a bet on the over/under, I would factor in. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to play all 17 games. Moving okay. on now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm actually shocked by this. I thought out of everybody in the division that they would be favored the least amount of wins just based off of their schedule, um, but they're actually getting eight and a half. I don't think we have. I don't think I have to go around on this one. Can we just all save some time and agree that that's going to be under? No, I'm, they're going over that. I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. I'm going under. Okay, I would. Eight I would half? absolutely. Agree. I, look! Look at the way they played last year. Yeah, you know what? I, I, and look at their last four games. Five, if you count Minnesota. I'm trying to give Ben the benefit of the doubt. That no. he knows this is his last year and he can come up with three or four games that he's just going to win on his own playing or back a couple million ball. dollars. What but, did he, what did they do to help him this year? They picked up they a running really, back. They really didn't. They, honestly, they, they built for the future in their draft. So yeah, I'm going to go, I, I would say eight, seven or eight is about right for them. And so lastly, I'm, the since oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, that's that's fine. So if you're going eight, that means you're going under. Right. That's what I said. Okay. I, I I want to give Ben the benefit of the doubt. I want to think that he is gonna pull some magic out of his ass in his last year to win a few games, to maybe get to nine wins or ten wins. They're not gonna make the playoffs. But your but 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 your point's valid, Scott. They didn't they built for the future. They didn't built for this year. Yeah. Outside of Najee Harris. Yeah, that's that's really the only thing they built up this year to help them with is the run game. I agree. Uh, lastly, the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I don't like this one either. They're getting six and a half, and I'm going to have to go under on that one as well. Um, you've got the Browns and the Ravens who is probably going to be four losses right there. And when it comes to Pittsburgh, I know we were just kind of talking about them not winning many games, but the games that they're going to have to win are going to be Cincinnati. So I don't like Cincinnati's chances this year. I I see definitely under six and a half for, for Cincinnati. Mm, yeah, I don't agree with this one. Sorry. Uh, I might go over. Uh, I, it's, we don't know. There's a lot of unknowns with this team right now. We don't even know if Burrow is coming back. He's slated to come back, but we don't know. So slated. I love that word slated. The thing is, is that if he comes back, I think they're going to win more than six games. It wouldn't shock me, Scott, because actually it, I, I said this, I've, I've said this on record multiple times. It wouldn't shock me if Cincinnati finished third in the division. And if my prediction's right with, with the Baltimore Ravens not having Lamar all 17 games, they could possibly finish in a, in a crappy AFC North division at second place. I mean, even with as as upset as I was in the draft with what they picked, <laughs> I think they are still in a better position to win more than six games. I think they're going to be a 50-50 team. Okay. So. Well, you guys were bantering, and I understand everything you said, and I looked through the Bengals' schedule. I don't see them winning more than three games. 
that wouldn't shock me either. That's the thing about uh, the Bengals. Three, three games. I, I see the Lions, and I see maybe Jacksonville, and maybe Pittsburgh once. Outside of that, they're not beating nobody. Who are they going to beat? Jets going to stink, too. It's time to move on. Welcome back to the Cleveland Sports Fan, everyone. We got about 10 minutes left. What do you want to talk about? We want to talk about baseball. Baseball. 30 day or 30 games have gone past. How are we feeling about this season? I think I think the season is great. I think that there are more teams that are in playoff contention that I would have expected. There's a lot of there's a lot of sleeper teams like the Giants that came out of really came out of nowhere. The Cardinals, you know, I, I just like the competition thus far. And and honestly, the the Dodgers have started to fall off. Which... Well, let's not mention the Dodgers. <laughs> we I'm, I I am I, was... I am fully aware of the Dodgers um I was all excited the about last that. couple weeks. I'm, I'm excited. totally aware. Padres. Padres. Now the Padres are talking about losing uh uh they lost uh, Tatis and Hosmer. Tatis, yeah. They lost Tatis Hosmer and a couple others. It's just COVID stuff. It's not injury related, thank God. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they're they're only on the 10 day right now, so they'll uh, be fine. But that's I, this has been one of the most interesting years in baseball that I've ever seen. I think so too. Uh the fact that the Yankees payroll is still up at a normal where where their payroll would normally be and the other half of the spectrum is down below normal i i mean you, you look at the cleveland indians salary they're at 50 million dollars that's 50 million dollars below where they usually spend so you're seeing covid hit some of these teams but honestly Cleveland's doing a lot better than I thought they would with what they spent or with what they're spending. Uh, I still think that we have a slight problem with our pitching. I think that's something that we need to work on from now until the all-star break is building up our pitching. It's not necessarily the starters, or I mean, it's not necessarily the bullpen. It's more of the starters. We have I, two, two starters that are brilliant. One starter that is good, and then two starters that I just sit there and go, I need to see more out of you. See, I'm the same way, Scott, I, with, the, with the pitching rotation. I predicted that the, the Indians would smash the the win total at eighty at eighty one or eighty two. I thought they'd win close to ninety games this season. I thought it'd be a really good year, and it's panning out that way. It's just the opposite of how I thought it would pan out. I can't I can't scale that as a good thing or a bad thing because I didn't think the bats would be I didn't think the bats would be as miserable as last season but I didn't think that they would be as good as 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 they have been the bats have been better than the pitching the bullpen's been excellent the starting pitching just isn't as dominant the the hitting is not going to stay this way I don't think for the full longevity of the season they're going to put up runs but for a team that's only going to average maybe 3 to 4 runs a game they got to get better dominant starting pitching like they've had from the past couple seasons. And we're just not getting that right now. Not even really from Shane Bieber. What do you think, Bieber, Bob? Bieber pitched, sorry, Bieber pitched the other night and he gave up the first hit, the first run of the game. Like that can't happen. Okay. Well, 
What you just said is actually the point I'm trying to make. He gave up the first run of the game like Shane Bieber is just supposed to go out and throw eight shutout innings every No, but I don't think that's that. I don't strikeouts. I, I think he's given up the first run in two games. And they've better, won them both. Better. And they've won them both. Okay. His but two he, his two last outings were his if you want to call them worst outings of the season, and they won both of them. You're right. Okay. I I look at Shane Bieber. I look at, at, at Zach Plesak. I'm sorry. I always want to call him Dan Plesak. Sorry. I look at Savali. I look at Tristan McKenzie. And I look at Logan Allen. And the reason I say that, that the Cleveland Indians, and I'm going to talk strictly about the Indians. I There's a lot of nice stories in baseball going on right now. Um, there's a lot of teams having good early starts to the year and a lot of good players. But the Cleveland Indians are a pitching factory. They produce pitcher after pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. Tristan McKenzie's in the second. Yeah, then we trade him away. All right, let's move on to... uh... Who are your uh, biggest movers in the season? Ryan? The biggest movers? Yes. Elaborate. Uh, the teams that you did not think would be in contention, but are. What about teams? What about moving downward? Can we do teams that move downward? Do, we can do moving downward. Moving the upward. Minnesota Twins, they've got 12 wins on the season right now. I I, I, I thought they were going to be competing for the, the Central Division. I know it's only 30 games, but, geez, 12 and 23 is are, are the Twins. Uh, another team that would be moving upward would be the San Francisco Giants. Right now, the Giants are leading the National League West by two and a half games. That's a whole series. I was really excited by the Padres this year. Uh, I think the Angels were another team that I was going to get excited for, but just have kind of just have kind of been there. It's it, the whole Mike Trout thing. It's when you're dealing with a salary that's that high, uh, they kind of tied their hands. They're, I don't think that they're going to be able to do anything until they unload Mike Trout. It's a shame too. Cause I thought with their pitching staff this year that they would be pretty solid, but yeah, they're, they're in last place. And look at the Cubs, the Cubs have just, I, I mean, the Cubs came out strong and, and all of a sudden I'm like, what? the Mets now the Mets are, are talking well, DeGrom is going to come back, which the will Mets, help the Mets. But are the Mets really showing that they are a $150 million team? The Mets are quietly, quietly in first place in their division. I don't know how. I don't know how that is. I couldn't believe my eyes this morning when I checked that they've won 18 games. 18 of them. That's they've 18 quiet games. I, I don't feel like it's been that. I was waiting to, I re, had to refresh the app and said, that's not right. That can't be right. I refreshed. I went back. I said, <laughs> wow, that's right. The Mets are in first place. They've won 18 games. You know, I, even with all the turmoil they've had. Right. Yeah. And, and, and with Lindor being terrible. The Phillies are a lot tougher this year than I thought they were going to be. I'm not surprised about the Pirates. Uh, The Oakland A's. I mean, here's a team that that seriously has no, no home after next year. And they're in the top 10 of teams 
for the season. Exactly. I, this has been a very, very interesting year. Who else we got? The, the Reds are 17 and 17, and they will probably finish exactly 500 because that team one night will look like the best hitting baseball team in the majors. And then the very next inning, not even game, the very next inning, they will show you that not only will they strike out three times in a row, but their bullpen will give up six runs. The Reds are, have turned out to be a team that I've been excited about this year. I think they can actually turn it back on towards the the later end of the season. Uh, I think we're seeing the the problem that they had with trading Trevor Bauer. If they would have kept Trevor Bauer, I think I think the Reds would have an opportunity to go for the pennant. But without Trevor Bauer, I don't think that they're going to do it. I think they're going to be a tough team. I don't think that they can make it to the pennant. Oh, my goodness. Did you just see that? No. I'm looking at this. The Detroit Tigers run differential this year is Minus 64. They're getting beat by 64 runs on a, a, a total run differential. You're talking about the Detroit Tigers. Did I, did I, not, did I say Tigers? Did I, I thought I said Tigers. Yeah, you Tigers. Did. You're talking I mean, about I get the that, Tigers. I get it. They're terrible. I get it. They're terrible, but 64 in 30 games. It, that's... In, in your lifetime, do you actually remember the Tigers being good? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't you remember? When? That the, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, they went to the World Series. And lost. Okay. But they also had – you don't remember those teams that the Indians couldn't the, – the Tigers owned us when I was in high school. When I was in high school, the Tigers had Victor Martinez, J.D. Martinez. They had Miguel Cabrera. They had yeah. Prince Fielder. They had um, Ian Kinsler. They were – Torrey Hunter. They were loaded, dude. They had Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. They were loaded. They were good. That was a good team. And they had David Price, too. That was a really good team. That lasted about three but, years. But but I, I mean, can yeah. I can honestly say that, that that hit us at that point in time when we were in the transition period, when we were changing our team. True. I mean, so, I don't think we were going anywhere. You're right. But. No, we, I, I mean, there was no way that, that Cleveland mean, was going to make it to the pennant. They right. weren't going to make it to to the playoffs. Playoffs? I can't believe it. I mean, just, I mean, that's just a crazy run differential. And, um, and the Royals are on a 10-game losing streak. So the Royals went from first place and 10 days later, they're now in fourth place and Ooh, four nice. games under 500. Yeah. It, the Kansas City Royals are really surprising me because they were tough as hell in the beginning of the season. Now they're looking like, looking like what, the Cubs. They're looking like what I expected them to, honestly. This is a, if the Twins don't turn it around, the White Sox are going to walk away with this division. Now, what's going to happen with the Dodgers? Because right now, the Dodgers' payroll is so high, yet they've lost enough people. I don't think they can replace them with how much money they're already spending. I mean... 
they're the Dodgers and there's no cap in baseball, so I'm sure they'll figure it out. This kills me because Trevor Bauer's one of my favorite guys. I love Trevor Bauer. I used to I used to tell my buddies when we had when we had Corey Kluber and and Carrasco and Bauer when we were going to the World Series and whatnot. And, and, and Bauer cut his finger. When Bauer cut his finger and wasn't pitching that one game, I was freaking out. And my buddies were like, why do you even care? Who gives a shit? He's, like, not even one of our best pitchers. Like, he's not even, like, our best guy. I'm like, Trevor Bauer is our best pitcher. He is. And they're like, no, he's not. No, he's not. And five years later, here I stand, Trevor Bauer was our best pitcher. Maybe not, maybe not at the time better than Corey Kluber, but I I loved Bauer. Bauer and Lindor were my guys. Now I'm gonna break off topic here for a second. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question that that your dad and I fight about all the time, which is, what did you think about the Clevenger trade? I mean, I feel like they only traded him because he broke like a team rule. And I'm just like, come on, you, you not, you like, that's not a way to punish someone. You don't just trade. You, you punish them. You don't trade them because now what you're doing is you're punishing the whole team and the city. If you're, if you're, going to trade your second best or at that point in time third best no i think it was second best pitcher you better get a lot of meat for that man right that and and the only thing i've ever seen them gain out of that trade was naylor Josh well, Naylor's, I love Josh Naylor. He is my favorite player on the Cleveland Indians right now. Love this kid. He works his tail off. What else did we get out of that trade? It's 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 almost like we traded Clevenger, Lindor, and Carrasco, and literally in return, we fucking got Ahmed Rosario and Josh Naylor. Like, that's what it fucking feels like. And, and sadly, the prospects I, that we got in return from the Mets were low rated in their own organization. We got their ninth and 10th best mm-hmm. prospects. Like, not the, not baseballs. When I, I had to read that so many times when that came out, I said, wait, we got the ninth and 10th best prospects in their own fucking organization you mean to tell me like there was eight guys in their own organization not in the major leagues that are better than the guys they sent us for Lindor and I, I I think that I think the Lindor trade bothers me more than the Clevenger trade but the Clevenger trade was six people for Clevenger we got six people for Clevenger we have traded all of them but one or released them. Josh Naylor is the only one left from that trade. I I don't see that that is a good trade. Clevenger for Josh Naylor. No. no. I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think the Indians... I think the Indians front office jumped the gun on the trade. And if you are going to make the trade, why would you trade Clevenger instead of Plesak? They they were both out. Yeah, right. They both. Well, but Clevenger was the one who came back and lied about it. Bauer, or not Bauer, Plesak fessed up to the whole thing. And, and, and. <laughs> When he fessed up, Clevenger didn't. And then they found out, oh, shit, Clevenger was with him. Man, I'll tell you what, I can 
I can take an employee lying to me uh, I'm not going to give up my best employee for right. a downgraded person and, and and especially with what's going on and like because COVID is like such a touchy subject and everyone has their own opinion about it. Do not take it that I don't like Josh Naylor. He is my favorite player right now. I love this kid. I just don't think that Clevenger was worth what we get out of Naylor. Naylor's been a strong hitter. Well, this year he's been a strong hitter. Last year, what was he? Middle of the pack, back of the pack. You know, I, I just, I've always believed that that trade was very one-sided and we didn't win. The Padres gave up six people but they really didn't give up six people. Two of them were prospects. And we got a catcher when we already had three catchers here. What Fran Mill came the Fran Mill came from the Padres, but not for Clevenger. No, Fran Mill came with the Trevor Bauer trade. Right. When we dealt from Bauer. the Cincinnati Reds. Right, but Framil came from the Padres. It was a three-team deal, I thought. Puig was with the Reds. Framil Reyes, I think, was with the Reds as well. No, I don't think I, that was, was a three-way trade. I think that was, he was with, just he was Cincinnati. With, he was with the Padres. Hold on. Yeah, I think he got traded to the Reds, though. Did he? he? He went through three trades that year before he ended up at Cleveland. Here it is. Padres trade Framil Reyes and Logan Allen. Logan Allen f- for... <clears throat> oh. Okay. It was a three-team trade. The Padres got... Taylor Trammell from the Indians as a oh no no they got they got Taylor Trammell from the Reds in a three-team trade that involved Trevor Bauer going from the Indians to the Reds outfielder Yasiel Puig going from the Reds to the Indians and the Padres sent the Indians Fran Mill Reyes in return for the Reds to send a prospect to San Diego, which now that doesn't even make sense for San Diego. Like, I feel like they could, I feel like they would love to have Fran Mill Reyes right now. I, oh yeah. <laughs> like they traded Fran Mill Reyes for a prospect. I mean, I get at the time they were rebuilding and didn't expect their team to, like, erupt like this last year, but... It was Framiel's rookie year. So, he hadn't really proved himself. He had been traded earlier that year. So, you didn't see him get settled into a team where he's settled into a team now. This man's got what 10 home runs already this season. Oh, Framiel just needed a place to that that he could settle into, a group of people that he could work with. I have I hated losing Trevor Bauer, but grabbing Framiel was one of the best things that we ever did. Hey, from Bob, Ryan, and myself, we want to thank you for listening to the Cleveland Sports Fan.